get a load of this. This guy said, I don't have kids, so I threw my kitty a birthday party. Fur baby. <laughs> That's kind of sad. And it's, cringe. It's attached to a 4chan post titled The Age of Peter Pan. What can be done to reverse the arrested development that halted millennials from truly growing up? Dude, I sympathize with that so hard. In, in what way? Never growing up. <laughs> like, I gotta do all this adult shit, but I don't feel like it. I mean, it's like that one Bowling for Soup song, High School Never Ends. That's the song? Yeah. Song I thought you were gonna say 1985. <laughs> <laughs> I'm stuck in 1985, bro. I wasn't even bored. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, hello and welcome to Insert Name Here. It's a podcast about nothing for nobody. If you take it seriously, you're redacted. Let's start the show. Hey. What's up? Hello, and welcome to Insert Name Here. It's a podcast about nothing for nobody. If you take it seriously, you're redacted. I'm your co-host, Doug Bennett, and I have a gummy in my mouth. I'm your other co-host, Seth Nacho, baby. I don't know. Was that too much? No, totally fine. You like that energy? Yo, what's going on, guys? Yo, welcome to the podcast, bitch. Yo, we do a science up in here. What's going on, Mr. White? I mean, someone's got to bring it. I'm still wiping sleep out of my eyes. <laughs> Come on, dude. You're supposed to start going, Jesse, we have to we have to cook. <laughs> I never watched that show. I am the danger. You know what? I watched some of it. Yeah, I'll, I should probably watch more of it. Actually, a little bit of an edit to that statement. I've watched the first season three times. And every time I try to watch season two, episode one, I'm just like, this is boring. I thought the first season wasn't even that good. Yeah, but it was short. And so I was like, I'll get through this, see where it's going. The body dissolving scene pretty cool. I thought they were cool. all the same length. I don't know. I don't know. Isn't the first season, though, when he uses the, he makes that chemical that explodes? The only things I remember from the first season are he finds out he has cancer, he starts cooking meth. Yeah. Uh, Jesse fails to dissolve a body, like he burns a hole in the yeah, bathtub. Yeah, in the bathtub. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and then, like, the season ends with, like, Walter standing. Uh, it's the shot from the very first scene of the first episode that you yeah. figured out how he got there. Is the. Uh... Is, is that the season where he throws the pizza on the roof? <laughs> no, 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 that scene's really funny. Yeah. But also really sad. Anyway. Hi, welcome to the podcast. Uh, big news of the week. Oh, yeah. Is there big news? Well, it's two small newses. Oh. I have to do this real quick. I'm sorry. Okay. Because you, you talked about this last time on the podcast. Last episode. And I want to revisit it because... There was something I didn't talk about about it because, you know, we constantly just go forward and just miss stuff. There's two things, actually, from last time i got to clarify. All right. But I'm going to start with just the news portion first. Uh, about uh, what Rick and Morty creator, what's his name? Justin Roiland. Justin Roiland. So now that he's been cleared of his... Domestic violence charge. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, there's no evidence, right? Or there isn't enough evidence, whatever the phrasing is. Do you think, like, can you just go back from being canceled? Or do you stay canceled? Like, he had to resign from his game development place, and he, 
lost his job with the show and stuff like is he does he come back or is he just forever gone now yeah there's one way to come back and it comes comprised of two parts oh i you're, remember this you're, you're this able to fund it yourself yeah and people want more of your content right uh example given louis ck um, right he's managed to regain his career but only because he had enough money to fund new specials to host all of the content the streaming services won't host anymore and people wanted more louis yeah, I think people will want more Justin. Potentially. I would say that... Wait, he's made a name for himself. Right, but the details that came out around that controversy where he didn't sound like he did most, if any, of the writing for Rick and Morty. Right. Like, did he? how much writing did but he have? But there's some stuff he did from before that I really like. Well, sure. It's, it's like old content. So we'll see if he can recapture that magic. Yeah. I agree that I'm, people probably will want more, but like... Will it be as good as what we're used to? That remains to be seen. But yeah, you can come back from cancellation. You just won't be welcomed back into what's the mainstream. The, what's the second way? No, it's one way comprised of two components. Oh, buying it back and people wanting you back. Mm-hmm. Okay. So. Sorry, I just wanted to talk about that because you know, like the man was canceled, but yet he didn't actually do it. So I feel like he was unjustly canceled, so maybe he should be reinstated. But it's like, how do you do that? Yeah. Well, there, also, we got to talk about what, to me, is the worst one, the grooming allegations. Oh, now, yeah. Well, I thought that those was Those like, haven't been cleared. Are they real screenshots? Are they not? Is the investigation ongoing? Those are some of the questions I have about it. Because if those are true, he absolutely should not be allowed to come Right. Back. Okay. Because, yeah, because there is another part to that. That's right. Yeah. Also, I'm not saying that beating women isn't bad. I just think that <laughs> abusing children is worse. Yeah. But just a little bit. You have that opinion, yeah. Anyway, go on with the news for this week. I would love so to hear news it. News for this week. Uh, we talk about them often enough that anytime something comes up, we have to bring Is it back. Tate? Yeah, the Tate brothers have been dis- released from jail and put on house arrest. So He's got a fun ankle bracelet now. Yeah. An anklet, if you will. So, you know, one step closer to escaping the Matrix. Yep. And then this is news related to us and our hobbies and interests. Oh, actually? Yeah. Gamer yeah. gamer news. Gamer news of the week. They're not doing E3 anymore. Yeah. Just didn't generate enough public interest. Too expensive to put on. I didn't even watch the last one. So, yeah. Most of the news is shit anyway. You well, just get those direct updates now, right? Like, they have those, like... They have, like, updates. Like, Nintendo's been doing that for a while. And now I think Sony's on board. Maybe Xbox, Microsoft's going to do it now. I never liked E3 that much, but what I liked E3 for was a lot of the content creators I like on YouTube would do like E3 wrap-ups or commentary or like... Yeah. That's always my favorite episode of the year of the official podcast is when they shit all over how crappy E3 was. Right. So economically, I understand the decision to stop the expo, but I'm like, oh man. Well, the good news is there's other conventions... And what, because what I'm worried more about is about indie games, right? Because indie games, they don't have the money for advertisement like these other game co- companies do. So, the, so I'm like, at these other conventions, they can still go out and make a, get a, you know, generate buzz. That's true. I also feel like there's been more and more support for indie over the years. Case in point, Video Game Donkey, he started their company, that, yeah. that studio, I think like Bigly Games or something. I can't remember the name. Don't ask, me. Don't ask me. So hopefully that goes well. 
because you know, yeah, they're releasing a game this year, I think. So, but if that's successful enough, then they can expand and you know more indies for the Windies. Indie games are cool, but they're not like my favorite. But like you know, they're they deserve like attention because they are cool. Yeah. Sad that E three is coming to an end, but uh, fuck it. That was one of my biggest dreams as a little kid. I would get Game Informer and Nintendo Power, and every year leading up to E three, I'd be like, "Mom, can we go to E three this year?" <laughs> not understanding that it's like an industry X. Like you don't just have general admission; you have to be like a journo or someone in the industry to go. I think you can just go. Not to my understanding, but hey, I could be wrong. I don't know, I was thinking about going to TwitchCon this year. Really? Yeah. Just a thought. It's in Vegas. Cool. And, uh, yeah, it's cool. I think I think that, anybody can go to that. There's also VidCon in there for YouTube, or is that still mm. a thing? No, I think VidCon's still a thing. Don't quote me on it's that. It's kind of overrun with 12-year-olds, though. I don't know if I want to go to that. Yeah. My favorite VidCon moment of all time was, uh... No. It was when TanaCon got cancelled... So they tried to reschedule all of that. That was with that VidCon. Was, that was big. Yeah, that oh, was crazy. Man. People out there waiting in the heat for like hours. <laughs> like this is horrible. That was horrible. Oh, to be young. Yeah. Um, the other thing that we never addressed that we talked about that we were going to address was the food poisoning story from last week. Oh yeah. You said you had food poisoning on Monday. Yeah. And I did want to hear about it. Because I also have a food poisoning story, kind of. Not really. It's not really a story, just what happened. I just want to know what you got food poisoning from. I just want to know. Oh, some Thai food I left sitting on the counter. Oh, you just let it sit out for too long? Yeah. Yeah, okay. That'll happen, I guess. See, my whole life, though, I've been Captain Iron Stomach. Uh Uh-huh. So you assume that you could just do it. Yeah. And I leave out stuff all the time. Turns out if 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 it's if it's out for more than four hours, I think. Something like that. You get bacterial growth. Maybe it was like in the danger zone. Maybe always tells me not to leave the food out. Yeah, put it in the fridge. But especially this time when I went to go hit up the leftover tie, you're like, you can't be serious. Literally, don't do that. I was like, it'll be fine. Uh, I'm thinking it's fine. It was <laughs> and, not fine. No, in the morning she was getting ready to leave for work. I was laid up, all sick. You know, bowl next to the bed. I just. I wanted, like, a, the tiniest it, bit of sympathy. Like, it, I'm sorry you're it feeling comes this out, way. Like, both ends, dude. You know how when you're laid up sick, you, uh... Yeah, you want, you want to be babied a little a, bit. A you little bit of sympathy. Just like, oh, I'm sorry you got sick. No, straight up hit me with the, I told you so. That's fucked up. So. <laughs> That's fucked up. Damn. Yeah, dude. Mine was, like, a surprise. It's like, yours, you kind of saw it coming. Not that you... <laughs> <coughs> Excuse me. Not that you thought it was going to happen. But it could have been predicted. Like, you were kind of like, okay, I probably shouldn't do this, but I'm going to do it anyway. Me, I opened a can of tuna. You know, like the classic can of tuna that you buy at the store or whatever. <laughs> fucked me up, dude. What the hell? <laughs> I, made you... some, I made some tuna fish salad, and that shit fucked me up. Damn. Did you check the expiration date on the can after? I don't think that was a problem. I, like, bought it, like, somewhat recently. Well, manufacturing inconsistencies can happen. I guess I got that botulism. <laughs> Hell yeah. Like, Jesus Christ. But yeah, it's kind of... <clears throat> I don't have anything else to talk about, but to link back a little bit... I have bit, a lot to talk about. I was going to say, to link back a little bit, you said uh-huh. that you 
have some gaming gaming related content. <laughs> gaming related content. It's not. I guess like technically it is gaming related content, but it's not about the gaming. Yeah. Oh, maybe it is a little. In a in a way, that's where it starts. Um, but we need some like. Can you find like some like sleuth ass music that's like non copyrighted? Or can you just play the sound the sound from uh, from Donkey Kong sixty four? That's I think that's the Pink Panther. Do we have do we have some like intro music for this? So I don't know if you guys remember, but this is the season of deep dives. We haven't deep dived in a minute. We did hit that with the Dark Side of Saints, but but we're coming at you now with the newest installment of the deep dive of insert name here. Hashtag Gamergate. This is an investigative series on serious topics. If you take it seriously, you're redacted. Disclaimer. Anything that we're talking about, we only kind of know a little bit about. But we're going to say things. (laughs) I kind of know a little bit about... I would say you can totally trust the sources on this. All right. Thanks for giving me some intro music, bro. Hell Appreciate yeah. That. So yeah, so what we're talking about today... Well, hold uh, on. We have to... Uh, huh? With that setup, we have to use NPR voices. I don't want So to. what we're talking about today on Deep Dive is Gamergate. You've heard a lot about it, but what is it exactly? We go to investigative journalist Seth Nacho for more. I don't really have an NPR voice. Hello and welcome to Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. <laughs> like, I love that show, but that's about it. What's that? There's the other show they have, Prairie. Prairie Home Household. Companion? Yeah. That's a good one. But yeah, no, I don't really have an NPR voice. I'm sorry. I, I just have my voice. <laughs> okay. I'm like Seth Rogen with Donkey Kong in the new movie. I, I don't voice act. I just do this <laughs> voice. Have you heard about that? Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. All right, but where, where, does, this, where does this all start? So, there's a lot of perspectives, is what I'm going to say. Like, I feel like the mainstream perspective is really negative towards Gamergate. Like, so I'm going to just tell you right now. So, I'm looking at the Wikipedia article. That's what I'm going to start with. I've already got pulled up. You're fine. Uh, Two screens. Why not? Okay. Uh, Also, I didn't organize my thoughts like uh, Doug did in the previous uh, deep dive. So it's not going to be quite as uh, flowy, but we ha- we both know we're both fairly educated on this topic. So I'm sure that it'll be fine. But yeah, so if you look at the Wikipedia article, what does it say? What's the title? You can go and read it. It says, Gamergate Harassment Campaign. Right. Harassment Campaign. It is painting Gamergate in a very, very negative light. Right. Yeah. And it's not completely wrong, but it misses a lot to me. It misses a lot of the picture. Well, because the, the thing as a whole wouldn't say harassment campaign. Where did it start? Kind of a harassment campaign. Kind of. It was small collective. Um, but there's no Wikipedia article for the real thing. It's just for the harassment campaign, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, so Gamergate's going back a long time. The main 
Um, the main like portion of it happened during August of 2014 to 2015. So this is going back to 2014, okay? Uh, so the way that they phrased it here is that it was a loosely organized misogynistic online harassment campaign and a right-wing backlash against feminism, diversity, and progressivism in video game culture. Which kind of... Mm -hmm. A little bit of buzzword soup. It is. Um, but the main thing that I'm taking issue with here in this first sentence is video game culture. You are? Yeah. That's the one thing it's definitely about. <laughs> well, I don't think there is so much video game culture. There's, there's like, there's, under the broad umbrella of video games, mm -hmm. uh, there are cultures mostly centered around genre, but I don't think there's one unified video game culture. There's not one unified. You have set. to think back to 2014, bro. It was a different time back then. I was there, dude. I know you were, but you're not remembering it, I don't think. So, like, for the longest time, games have been advertised to men. Nintendo started that in, like, the 80s, once the video game crash happened. When they re when they redid their when they when they started releasing stuff they kind of it was in the boy aisle of the toy section you know it was for boys. There was like a there's actually a, a part of this. Uh, it's called gamer identity. Can I find it? So you're saying that yeah there it is. You're saying that Stranger Things season two was um, revisionist history. What were girls playing? Games? Yeah, the girls liked to go to the arcade. That is weird. Yeah. Shit. I mean... Them damn dirty liberals. Now, an arcade is a little... I don't know. I can't speak on arcades. I meant more like the home systems. Okay. Like the NES and Super Nintendo. Gotcha. N64, kind of, that era. But mostly, like, that early era was definitely marketed towards boys. Okay. Like, Zelda was meant to be played by boys. Not saying it can't be played by girls. But it was, like, advertised to boys. Um, so right, so it, like in the gamer identity section, it says Gamergate is often considered to be a reaction to the changing culture identity of the gamer. Um, gamer identity was mostly young male heterosexual players, and the types of games were designed to appeal to them, like sports games and shooters and stuff like that. Now, you know, not true. Women could play games, but you know. Anyway, let's go back. Let's go back. Let's go back to where it all began here. So the idea is that the harassment was misogynistic, which the harassment was misogynistic. There was a little bit of harassment towards men. We'll get to that maybe later. But it was mostly armed, aimed at women. That's, that's very true. And like, there was a lot of rape threats and death, death threats towards women. Uh... Right wing? Uh, yeah. Yeah, it kind of got, got taken over by right wing when it really wasn't. Uh, against feminism? Yes, it was definitely against feminism and progressivism and diversity in video game culture. But not in like that women can't play games. It was more about uh, people you know, saying that you can't like was this like like Battlefield that Battlefield game that came out with the girl that's what I was gonna in World say. War Two, 
and shit like that that just doesn't make sense. Like some of these like politicizing games and making them like doing the shit they're doing in Hollywood with games, right? Which people don't want. Um. So, this the Gamergate has kind of been described as a culture war. It was like the first culture war, which is wild to think about. Yeah, but also it, not the first culture war. Okay, yeah, but, but not the first culture war. But you know, it started. It was a culture war. What were you gonna say? Uh, I was gonna say like the history of American. Like I hesitate to include the civil rights movement as part of the culture war because that's more about human rights than it is about culture. I would say we've been in an ongoing culture war ever since the late 60s, early 70s with the hippies and the free love movement and all that, where it's about lifestyle and you know personal freedoms rather than civil rights. And then in the 80s, 90s, you had the satanic panic, you had moms against rap music. Right, so there wasn't just... This isn't the first culture war. I guess you're right. Yeah, yeah. Um... Uh, but it's a cultural over cultural diversification, artistic recognition, feminism in video games, social criticism in video games. Video games hadn't really been criticized about this kind of stuff before. It hadn't really been done before. This kind of deep look into like women's roles in video games. Uh, so the the big backlash was against feminism and social justice warriors on video game culture. And I'm not talking about, like, your regular feminist that's like, you know, women deserve equal rights. I'm talking about those, like, you know, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Like you the, know what I'm talking about. I don't know if the insertionists know, but I'm pretty sure they know. If you want to get a good idea, Google search Triglypuff. Okay. I don't know who that is. Well, you okay. don't know that? But, I mean, I'm going to mention Anita Sarkeesian, so. Yeah. Yeah. So... You know, just like the militant feminist. You know. You know the one. You, you, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know which wave of feminism that would be, but, like, it's definitely the... The, <laughs> the, the, most, the, most, re- the most annoying kind, sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the most annoying kind. Like, I'm not saying it's necessarily wrong, but come on. Mm. Do you have to be angry at everything? Yeah. Yes, so, yes I do. So, what started... <clears throat> what started Gamergate? And I'm just going to sum it up uh, from this... There's a YouTube video I watched that I watched a long time ago, and then I just rewatched recently about it. Um, so, there's a girl, or a them... I don't know, there might be a them now. They started, their name is Zoe Quinn. Uh, this was in 2013. They developed their own little indie game. It's called Depression Quest. Uh, Depression Quest was not your typical type of game. It was more like about text and stuff like that. And like kind of understanding what depression's like. Kind of like a choose-your-own-adventure for your emotions. Sure, it wasn't. It wasn't skill-based. It wasn't, you know, anything like that. You can't and some people, it. some people took issues with that, right? Well, yeah, it's kind of hard to compared to what you usually might think of when you think of a video game. It's kind of hard to call that a video game, right? 
That's what some people... So some people had issues with it already. But it got fantastic reviews. You know, very good reviews in Kotaku and like stuff like that. And totally off its own merit. Sure. Sure, sure. Yeah, technically, yes. Technically, yes. Um, so what happened was is her ex-boyfriend... And his name is Aaron Gajoni. I don't know if that's how you pronounce Gajoni. I would probably say Yoni. Sure. Aaron Yoni, maybe. He doesn't seem like in a very American name. He made a blog post on a SJW site. So, like, a site where SJWs would go. And this wasn't even on, like, a site where this usually would happen at. Stuff like, like harassment Twitter. would... Not even Twitter. <laughs> Twitter is a big, big vehicle they use to harass people. It's, they did a lot on Twitter. But uh, it, was, uh, it was on an SJW site, but it, and it got deleted. It was called the Zoe Post. It had a lot of um, screenshots of chat logs and stuff that they had texted each other. He accused her of cheating on him a lot, I think. like She like cheated on him with lots of guys and stuff. One of the guys that he accused of her cheating on him with was Nathan Grayson, who is a reporter uh, or journalist for Kotaku. He did not write the review for Depression Quest. Make that very clear. He also had only worked with her slightly before on a different article about something completely different. I think it was like a contest or something. He, he led with that indie game, game developers in it. Well, I would say that, too, if I was trying to cover my tracks and save my career in the industry. <laughs> let's, hey, now. Hey, hey, let's not go crazy here. Uh, but, yeah, so, like, honestly, there was, like, first of all, I don't think she actually ever cheated on him. I think he admitted later, the boyfriend, the ex-boyfriend admitted that he, she didn't actually cheat on him. But the, uh, the, the, ac- the accusations had been made. A screenshot of the blog post was taken, and it was uploaded to, like, 4chan and Reddit and stuff where people, like, went crazy about it. But yeah, so, as the, she, she was dating him, I think, though. She was dating Nathan Grayson, or had some sort of relationship with him. As the YouTube video that I watched talked about, imagine you're at a big banquet hall, and there's hundreds of tables, and it's all gamers. Gaming people type stuff. The one table is full of journalists and some game companies. And Zoe Quinn is on that table. And so is her boyfriend, Nathan Grayson, that guy. And they're sitting on a corner table. Okay? So, um, this is, I'm actually going too far into it right now. I gotta go back. Go back. There's one table that is talking about the drama. Right? Okay. Like, they're going crazy about this breakup blog post. They're going, they're like laughing it up, calling her a slut, <laughs> calling her a bitch, whatever, right? <laughs> that, that's one table out of the hundred tables, right? They're going cool crazy. Table. Sure. Uh, at the other tables, the reporters and, uh, and Zoe, there is a troll on that other table, that table that's talking about the drama, because there's always a troll. There's always someone who takes it too far. He throws that hate, that hate message. That death threat, that rape threat at Zoe. And like a, scribbled on a note. She sees it. She gets furious, tells her boyfriend. She's thinking everyone's talking about the drama. 
And the reason she thinks everyone's talking about the drama, imagine she's sitting on a corner table. So all she can see is that one table that's talking about the drama. But outside of that, there's hundreds of tables. Or, well, you know, whatever. There's like 98 other tables. And they're not talking about it at all. They're talking about games or whatever, you know. But because she gets so infuriated, she gets up on stage with all of her uh, journalist friends. And they say, you guys are all sexist, misogynistic pigs or whatever. And what of it? And so everyone, all the gamers, they get upset, obviously, and they get outraged. You have a few different groups in that. You have one group that might shrug it off. You have one group that retaliates, says, no, we're not. You're, why is our journalistic media telling us this? And the, second, and the third group is the beta cucks that are like, oh, I'm sorry. We'll prove how not sexist we are. I promise. You know? God, those guys suck. <laughs> so, you know. Uh, I'm not going to go into the next part of that, but that, that kind of summed it up to me. Like, the idea is that Gamergate wasn't the drama. Gamergate wasn't the reaction to the drama. Gamergate was the reaction to the reaction to the reaction to the drama. Hmm. It was the reaction to the journalist that said that shit that happened because they saw what was going on with the people talking about the drama. Okay. So you're saying that the beta cucks caused Gamergate? No, I'm saying the people that retaliated, like, that was Gamergate. Oh, okay. Does that make sense? Sure, yeah, no, I think I get it. But that was that, that's, that was that YouTube video. But, like, here, uh, there was a lot of harassment that happened to Quinn. She had to flee her home and shit. They, uh, and then... Also, Anita Sarkeesian was involved. She, you know, she was making uh, tropes versus women in video games. She also had to flee. She was threatened when she was doing a talk uh, that the place where she was doing the talk was going to be a massacre, like a like a. It's that was that was the threat. The Ecole Polytechnic massacre. It was going to be like that at Utah State University. Damn. There was no ever evidence to back up that claim. Like, someone had told her that. I think that was real. I think that she got an email or some shit, but, or a tweet or whatever. But no one was actually going to do it. Does that make sense? Yeah, okay. So there was never a plan in place. Maybe someone overheard a joke and then chose to warn Anita. I think someone probably just made the threat to mess with her. <clears throat> Either way. There was, but was, there was no plan to actually go through with it. Um, but so, these these feminists made a name for themselves by getting death threats. Honestly, yeah, they used it super hard. What I'm, those what, days? Yeah, what I'm hearing, yeah, it still happens now to the point where I honestly don't believe many people actually do receive death threats. I think it's a pretty easy way to garner fake sympathy. Well, the next person is like the big one that kind of makes me feel disingenuous about it. Okay, let me just yeah, go ahead. First. Say where I'm at so far with this. Huh? A person made a pseudo video game. People resented that. Then there was drama over her. Because of the ex-boyfriend's blog post. And now Anita Sarkeesian, someone who doesn't know anything about video games at all. Right, yeah, so that's also a big thing. She had no prior knowledge and then started making YouTube videos about it. Starts talking out the side of her neck. Gets boosted and wrapped up in more of this retaliation drama. Because she was... 
throwing that feminism SJW shit on there. So basically, these feminists found a way to leverage a community that they had no real interest in in order to further their own careers. Zoe Quinn was a gamer. She was she developed games and stuff. She was part of that. Okay. She was real. Anita, no. Anita was not a gamer. She had to learn about gaming to talk about that. Gotcha. Okay, I think I'm up to speed so far. Um, there's another lady. Her name is Brianna Wu. She was part of the video game studio Giant Space Cat. She also received many death threats and I think still does. Yeah, she's but, managed to remain in the public eye, at least on Twitter. Yeah, but she's not... Um, some of it gets a little cloudy. I might get to it later because in this other article I've got, uh, it talks about how she might not be telling the whole truth. In regards to... Some of the harassment she got. Some of it she might have blown out of proportion. But, I mean, still she got harassment. Like, let's be real. It, it was bad. I, all these people got actually harassed. I believe that they actually got death threats and rape threats and had to, got doxxed. Does everyone know what doxing is? For those of you that might not know at home, doxing, D-O-X-X-I-N-G, uh, is the process of uncovering someone's private information to include things like email addresses, home addresses, phone numbers, place of work. Um, if they are faceless online, it, it includes pictures of their real face. Um, generally a pretty shitty thing to do to somebody. Uh, always a shitty thing to do, generally. Always a shitty thing to do. Well, I don't know. If you had, like, proof that somebody... Like, if you... Well, if you're, like, finding a criminal, it's not shitty, I guess. Yeah, that's the... Like, bike... That, that, that'll be the exception. Bike there. lock guy. <laughs> um, but uh, Felicia Day also got doxxed. Because she spoke out against Gamergate. What was her thing? Firefly? I guess. She was in Dr. Horrible. I like that. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's, she's, she's okay. I mean, she hasn't really done anything anymore. But, in recent times. But, you know. Sucks. She seems pretty cool. I mean, the main thing I know her from was she started a thing called Geek and Sundry. And that's what got Critical Role famous. Because she put them on her podcast network. Okay. But, yeah. Complete non sequitur. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, she was also included in some of the hate, is why I mentioned her. Yeah, yeah, there it is. It says she wrote a blog post about her concerns over Gamergate and her fear of retaliation if she spoke against it, and she got doxxed. Goddamn. Anita Sarkeesian had an interview with Stephen Colbert on the Colbert Report about it, and uh, about death threats and stuff like that, the online harassment. This article is mostly about online harassment, which is not really what Gamergate was. It was just that portion of it, right? Right. Uh, so 4chan, uh, it is mention worth mentioning that 4chan started censoring it. And most of the conspirators and people that were doing all this terrible shit moved to 8chan. Yeah, people don't give 4chan enough credit in that regard. Like, don't go on, don't don't go on there unless you're cool. Um, but, <clears throat> yeah, when things go too far, they do a pretty good job of shutting shit down. Yeah. So I moved to 8chan, was where a lot of the shit happened. Uh, one thing to note about Gamergate, it was highly disorganized. It didn't really have a leadership. It didn't really have, um, like, a goal. 
a lot of people say the goal was to stop journal corrupt journalism. Right. And there was some credence to that. Um, I mean, one of the initial through lines going back to the Zoe Quinn story was that there essentially the allegation was that in exchange for sexual favors... Right, that's get, the original allegation, they right? Would, they would get positive she would reviews. She get positive reviews, which is silly because the game is free. <laughs> Obviously, why would you... Because like, you would think to get positive reviews because you want to people to buy your game, but it's a free game. Depression Quest well, is I mean, free. Was free, is free. I mean, if you get clouded up, you can sell your next game. Sure, sure. Maybe there's that. So maybe a sequel or something or whatever. Yeah, it's not necessarily project. as illogical as it sounds, um, but I'm not making any allegations. I'm just trying to provide a counterpoint so people don't think we're biased one way or the other. Well, I'm not making any allegations. You're not. You're not. I'm, I'm just You're saying, just talking about I'm why you would do it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but in all seriousness, though... Uh, there was a Polygon editor, Ben Kuchera, who had been donating to Quinn's, Quinn's Patreon account several weeks prior to writing an article about her game. Kotaku writer uh, Patricia Hernandez, because uh, of her romantic, she had romantic relationships with other video game developers. Um, there was a judge on some competition, Robin Arnott, for having an alleged affair with Quinn and gave an award to Quinn for Depression Quest. So there is some credence to some of these kind of allegations that she might have... That the journalism and developers are too close and they're, they're up to no good like with how their the industry is. Which kind of became compared to how the mass media, like the big mainstream media is with politicians. Oh, sure. Right? Like, like this is like just about gaming. But when Trump made those allegations about fake news and all that kind of stuff, it, it kind of um, can be framed in the same light, right? I don't know. There was already a bunch of people receptive to the narrative that what is being reported is not fact. Yeah, that it's being um, controlled by the people that the news is about. Sure. Right? Like, it's not fair journalism. Yeah. And, it, well, I mean, in the mainstream media, that goes all the way back to the middle 19th century with William Randolph Hearst and yellow journalism. And most of that hadn't really been exposed until the past two or three decades. But, <clears throat> yeah, there was always... Because who owns the media? Who owns any media corporation that publishes stuff. People with a lot of money. The people who run the world are the people with a lot of money. So they have a vested interest in not only getting profit for themselves, but profit for their friends and controlling narratives. We gotta think of a way to make this funnier. <laughs> so that's what's going through my head right now. This isn't a funny one. Yeah, we're just talking about like that's we're just reporting. Yeah. I'm a reporter, guys. What can I say? You know, side tangent for another unfunny topic. Sure. <clears throat> if I can find any actual proof, I'm starting to believe that the USS Lusitania was never actually sank. For World War One. Yep. <laughs> wow. The ship made a fine voyage and nothing happened. <laughs> there was no ship. Mm. Just like the moon doesn't exist. It's not that there wasn't a moon landing. The moon never existed. Um, so anyway, let's go back. Uh, right. So like one of the 
supposed goals was to point out the the journalism, the bad journalism, and the relationship between developers, game developers, and journal and game journalists. But I think a big goal was just to backlash, to to stop the SJWs and the feminists from trying to put politicize and put this this their ideas into gaming. Just stay out. Just stay the fuck out. That's what the main idea was as well. Just stay the fuck out. But like the actual like harassment and stuff, I don't think it came from like an organized group. I, it's more like individuals that were doing it. And um, there might have been some efforts like on like on 4chan or 8chan where people kind of designed some things to do. But that wasn't like that many people. No. There's always going to be a certain number of people that just see an opportunity to be cruel and take it for their own enjoyment. Mm -hmm. And then there's another kind of person who's just like a follower. Who's like, oh, what? We're we're dogpiling? I'll dogpile. But I can't imagine there being a heinously significant amount of people who are like, yeah, let's all send, all 10,000 of us, let's all send a death threat. And it seems like a lot of people just like to point out the harassment and kind of like say that the whole thing's shit because you know people are getting harassed and it's like well you're kind of just not looking at the whole picture are you you're just trying to turn it like you know so outside of the harassment there was the the journalism narrative aspect Um, what else went into this well they so there was a part where they tried to uh, make it seem like a good thing in the public eye. Uh, There was a uh, 4chan posters that donated to a group called the Fine Young Capitalists, uh, which had, they were in a a woman-only game development contest. Uh, they, 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 the, the group, the Fine Young Capitalists designed a video game design contest for women in 2014. Um, it was help. It was founded with the goal of helping women and other underrepresented groups get involved in video game design. Um, so they tried to like have like a better public image by donating this group. And I mean, it's not a bad thing to do, right? To try to get a contest for women to design games. The Quinn had an issue with it because they only allowed trans women who had claimed they were trans before the contest. You couldn't claim you were trans and enter like while the contest had started. Yeah, I mean, not to get political. And, but... and Quinn got upset with that, obviously. Because, sure. you know, feminists are going to be upset about it. Femin- feminists going feminists. But I mean, it's not like they they wouldn't include trans people. It's just they had to claim they were women beforehand. Um, they created a character for this contest. Yeah, Vivian James. Yes, to sound like video games. That's why I said it like that. Yeah, Vivian James, and they like designed her to look like a girl gamer that's not like over sexualized at all. Like she doesn't look sexualized at all. Oh, Normal ass chick. But it is a, apparently the purple and green sweater that she wears 
is supposed to reference a, a character from DBZ sexually assaulting a different character. I don't know what that means. I don't know where that comes from. I've never heard of that in my life. I haven't either. <laughs> yeah, it's from something called Daily Dose or something. I I don't I don't know what that is. <coughs> But uh, now the intent of don these donations and stuff might have been bad. Like some people were trying to like cover up the harassment, I guess. But I mean, I don't know. I mean, this this seems not too bad. But uh, yeah, so that was a little something that happened. There was actually a girl who cosplayed Vivian James. Um, wait, where is it? Yeah, yeah, so there was a flesh, there was like a real person that cosplayed as Vivian James at Gamergate meetups from 2014 to 2016. Um, she was a graduate student in biology named Nicole. She, uh, she used it, um... She got banned from a girl gamer's Reddit forum for criticizing Sarkeesian. She found the Gamergate and uh, she agreed with the, the guys that were part of Gamergate. But, uh, you know. So it was like, girls can be part of this. Okay. Um, Quick rollback. Uh, do you want to know what the, the rape joke was? Yeah, it's a four chan meme. Yeah, I know it about is. about Piccolo sodomizing Vegeta. <laughs> That's what it is. Piccolo sodomizing Vegeta. Yeah, they don't. This article doesn't explain why would that happen. That's like, Vegeta's way more powerful. Okay. So, yeah. So it was an image of that happening, and trolls would post it, and that joke was giving the daily dose is like we're gonna post this every day and yeah. then the second half of the punchline of the joke would be a user would reply thanks doc okay forum culture was weird man yeah it was uh but that yeah that's i don't uh i don't understand how purple and green sweatshirt really references that but because Vegeta's not purple or green but piccolo is so Here's the uh Oh, is that the image? Here's the image. Uh I don't see any sodomy happening. Yeah, I think it's just implied. It just looks like Piccolo's got his ass out. A real thicky. Yeah, he's looking like he's got a dump truck. He looks like he's about to twerk. Or a real Timmy thick He looks like he's about to drop it, you know? He's about to he's about to let the earthquake happen. Drop it, drop drop, drop he's about it. About to make right. an ass quake. <laughs> make that ass shake. That's an ass quake. <laughs> yeah. No, no, drop it to the flow. That's an ass quake. Build a house upon that ass. That's an ass state. All right, anyway. Um, I feel like that covers kind of what I want to cover from the Wikipedia article. There's more to it. Um, do you know who Steve Bannon is? Yes. Yeah, he was the mastermind behind Trump's uh, 2016 campaign. Right, he's uh, owned Breitbart. Breitbart. Breitbart, whatever. They co-opted Gamergate 
they kind of used it to get people to become right wing. Like, so people say that this is mostly a right wing thing. Like, there was, it's in this Wikipedia article somewhere, I'm not sure where exactly, but like they talk about how they went on like forum posts and saw that people mostly leaned right wing in these, in the posts they'd make on subreddits and stuff like that, which another article says differently. So I'm not sure if that's completely the facts. Well, but well, I, well, I would kind of say in in uh, in regards to that is if I was someone like Steve Bannon looking to co-opt an audience, I'd go find these people who are talking about a politically secular thing. They just want their they want their hobby, they want their interest uh, to remain similar to the way it is. They don't want it so to speak, infected or overtaken. And this group that they're railing against in a secular fashion is de facto a left to far left movement with, you know, extreme feminism, all that stuff. So you see these people that you have a common enemy with, <coughs> you can co-opt Right, them. so what they did is Steve Bannon had his poster child, Milo Yiannopoulos, talk rail against the feminist people that were doing this stuff like so you know that's where that kind of comes from and that's how the association with the alt-right kind of happens but the alt-right started with richard spencer in 2010 and it's not really gamer it's not really about that but it kind of got co-opted into it because milo yiannopoulos made a ton of articles and a bunch of accusations that weren't backed up by any evidence to like a boss to make people you know, side with him about this stuff, and I guess that would make them lean right. And then there were people like Mike Cernovich that used that kind of as well, because um, he had all those like alt right, but like he also made these videos about Gamergate, and um, that ended up turning into Pizzagate. <laughs> Not going into that, but it provided him with an audience for that that turned with that. So. That could be a good deep dive. I know a lot off top about Pizzagate. Yeah, but him and um, him and uh, Alex Jones kind of got Pizzagate started. Him, Mike Cernovich, and him. Uh, anyway, so that's like the alt right kind of aspect of that. Um, yeah, I don't know if I really want to go or anything else from this because um, it's just a lot. What is this, Mike Trudeau? <laughs> Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau described issues like Gamergate and misogyny in video games as something that we need to stand clearly against. What the fuck? Okay. <clears throat> See, I hate when people aggrandize things that don't need aggrandizing. Like, it's fucking video games. It's not going to change the world. Right. But, like, that whole Steve Bannon thing and the popularity... Uh, it so like Gamergate can kind of be seen as like the starting event that led to Trump's presidency. I don't know if you could really if you could really make that connection, but sure, okay. Um, but could you though? Zoe Quinn made a Me Too accusation against another former boyfriend. Pretty recently, and he committed suicide a few days later. That's crazy. So everything that you've heard somewhat is kind of wrong. Now, this article was written in 2019, so 
that uh, anniversary would have been in 2019 where the guy committed suicide with the Me Too post. Gotcha. That Zoe Quinn made. Um, all right, so the, the, the media rounds, the, the, the media narrative of Gamergate goes like this, right? Avenge, so this is from this article. I'm going to quote it okay. because it's, I mean, you know. I, I, I'm going to put this in my own words. It's so much easier just to read it. Yeah, just where are you uh, quoting from? Where is this from? Yeah. It's from uh, fucking Medium. Okay, perfect. I don't know. It's written by Kathy Young. Thank you, Kathy. Thank you, Medium. Okay. A vengeful ex-boyfriend launched a harassment campaign against Quinn with a false accusation of trading sex for good reviews. The ensuing scandal unleashed an army of misogynists who terrorized women, feminists, transgender people, and progressives in the video game community, forcing some women to flee their homes and or cancel public appearances, which I talked about. Then Breitbart, publisher and populist evil genius Steve Bannon, harnessed this virtual mob to boost the far right, including the racist and anti-Semitic alt-right brigades, and to recruit for Donald Trump's cyber armies. And because the media didn't take the threat of Gamergate seriously enough, the far right won. That is the narrative. And not biased at all. That, no, that's the narrative that like, the media said. Yeah, I'm saying that they're not biased at all. Yeah. There was no spin on that in the slightest. And the real story is far more complicated, obviously. <laughs> For instance, the ex, Aaron Yoni, yeah. that we talked about before, um, who... The post was intended to be a call-out about psychological abuse. He also published it with support from female and feminist friends. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, he never actually said that Quinn engaged in sex for reviews. And he posted to this SJW-friendly site called Something Awful. I didn't know this. Which, which is an early hub for call-out culture. And Quinn was a poster there. What? I didn't realize that Something Awful was SJW-S, like, social justice-friendly. Supposedly it was, back in the day. This is 2014. I might be confusing Something Awful with a FIAD. I don't even know if I had Oh, it's another forum from around the same time that stands for fuck you and die. Okay, well, this is called something awful. Um, Ooh, a lot of weird Twitter came from something awful. It says that uh, Yoni tried to, tried to squelch the rumors about Quinn and getting sex for reviews. And he did that in the 2016 interview with Kathy. Okay. Um, and then Sarkeesian had just released her newest video on sexism in video games. And she had gotten those threats. So in 20, in, on, on, in that same year, shortly after the post, it was like a week later, or two weeks later, there was a flood of articles on video games or geek culture uh, saying that gamers 
were a toxic cesspit of entitled, socially inept, women-hating male, women hating maleness and proclaiming the demise of gamers as an identity. So remember what I said earlier in that, about that YouTube video? Right. About how it was a reaction to the reaction? That, like, that's what Gamergate was. It wasn't the drama and the misogyny and the death threats. It was the fact that these people that had nothing to do with it got called out, said they were sexist by their own fucking people they listened to about games and stuff. Like, how would you feel if the industry that you listen to for games calls you out and says that you're sexist? It's like, I'm not sexist. What? It's a, it's a very similar to um, the feeling I get when I hear <clears throat> one of these SJW types be like, all men are trash. Really? All men? Really? All yeah, all men. men. But it, it, it's so common nowadays that that's just, that's the truth. Yeah, we are fully polarized at this point. All men rape, you know? Yeah. Remember that, like, slam poetry those girls made? <laughs> Whatever. Must have been a ghost. <laughs> I can't remember exactly, but you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, cringe shit. Um, uh, okay. And there was a conservative actor named Adam Baldwin that started the hashtag Gamergate. Ooh. I remember seeing that at the top of this wiki, and my eyes glossed over it, and I saw Alec Baldwin at first. I was like, damn, he's had a... <laughs> He has had quite the decade. Start, started the hashtag Gamergate and then finished off the decade by killing someone on set. Not the same guy. I know. Not the same but guy. that's what I thought. That trial happened, though, didn't it? Yeah. Do we know about what happened at the end of that trial? I think that he got some kind of charge, but he didn't go. he's not going to jail. I mean, he doesn't deserve to go to jail. The man didn't load the gun. The PAs did. Uh, okay. Um, all right. So some had so like the, like so remember I said it had like a loose. It was it was not very organized. And there were a lot of different goals. So like this article says some had pre existing concerns about the gaming media. Some were concerned about the politicis politicization of gaming, and some just wanted to watch it all burn. Apparently. The fucking I'm the Joker, baby. I'm the Joker, baby. Uh, Quinn was a polarizing figure, uh, including perceptions of unearned acclaim for creating a single text-based educational game, Depression Quest. <laughs> okay, yeah, I'm not saying it's not good work, or maybe even a good, like virtual novel type experience. Yeah. But was was that was that their first game that they made? I don't know. But it says that some male game male game developers also got grief over similar things. Right. And see, to me, that should be like way more highly emphasized because a lot of the times when things like this get politicized to this degree, it ignores wider context. Like nobody would have even downloaded Let's Depression Quest if it had been made by a guy, let's say. It would have sure. had a much smaller audience. Sure. And so, like... And then it would still be the same amount of negative opinion of, like, oh, is this even a game? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, exactly. That for sure. I don't know about, like, if it was made by a guy or a girl would increase the downloads. 
But definitely you'd get the same criticism even if it was made by a guy. Yeah, so so Quinn had that hardcore social justice warrior kind of label to her. Because, like I mentioned about the, the fine young capitalists, um, when they're she called them transphobic because they didn't want to let in trans women that had declared they were trans during the contest. Which, not to be... And Gamergate really is $20,000 for the contest. Because they were trying to backlash, I guess, against that and stuff like that. And the contest was for women to design games, so... Um... Okay, let's see. I think any forced initiatives for diversity are kind of cringe. Because it's not about who's doing the thing, it's about how well they do it. Case in point, you look at the evolution of the modern medical field, and it went from being primarily male-dominated to primarily female-dominated, because when women started being able to go to, like doctoral type medical school and just all other kinds of medical training uh, turns out that they were doing way better in school than a lot of the guys so uh, off of merit the demographics of the field change <clears throat> so I think people should be given opportunities but there doesn't have to be X amount of Y demographic in a field it's, it just doesn't make any sense Um, it says that quite a few of the Gamergators were girls that took issue with a particular brand of feminism, this extreme feminism and identity politics. Uh, part of this, like they objected to the outrage at problematic content. And one of these was like a dialogue in a Batman game in which some people called Catwoman a bitch before she killed them or beat them up. Right. Like what the fuck? And then also against, like, overly sexualized or curvaceous female characters that they thought that feminism kind of seemed like slut-shaming and body-shaming. Well, sure. And I can see the counterpoint against those types of imagery for women in video games where they would say that's unrealistic or that sets unrealistic expectations. I don't expect any real woman to look like Ivy from Soul Calibur. I, I know that is completely unrealistic, and I don't expect to see Just, that out. It's the like world. the same thing for guys, right? You see those big muscular dudes and shit. You can only achieve that with like steroids and stuff, you know. Like, like no, yeah. It's like oh, it's like the Liver King, and it purely fictional. Mm-hmm. You, you you can only attain that through falsehood. So. Um, I don't know what this obsession is with people where media has to reflect real life. Like, all, well, all media has to reflect real life. It could be interesting to take sincere looks at things, for sure, but... There was also, like, a female developer, Jennifer Daw, who supported Gamergate, and because she did, her game got, uh, like, blacklisted. Yeah, if you're not part of the in-group, they force you out. There, so, like, you know, like, around that time, politici- politicization happened to everything... And so, like, gamers just wanted it out of their games. Uh, many Gamergators saw themselves actually as liberals. Like, they voted for Obama. They wanted equal pay. Uh, they liked, I mean, they probably supported abortion. And 
they just didn't like this social justice aspect of the left, which is like kind of the radicals, right? Right. Which nowadays it, it's not radical. It seems like. Yeah, I have a like, hard. It seems like they kind of it's like the whole thing now. Yeah. I think anyone like Obama era liberals are now considered by most people who identify as left today as center to far right. And Obama era conservatives are now seen as the essentially fascists of American politics. All right, so um um let's see. There's one big thing I wanted one more thing I wanted to touch on. Um Uh, the FBI spent months investigating Gamergate-related harassment, and it ended up only issuing warnings to one man who admitted sending an email threat as a joke and to another who made harassing phone calls to a woman with whom he had argued in a chat room. And neither was a known Gamergater. So um, the FBI decided that Gamergate was kind of a nothing burger. The FBI never actually made any... There was, law enforcement did not do much for this. You couldn't really find anything about people, I guess. Probably because they were using today's sponsor, ExpressVPN. Um, Guys, when you're browsing the internet, if you're not using a VPN, it's like running around outside without your clothes on. You're unprotected, and your identity can be stolen. <laughs> okay, we're going we're gonna to advertise a VPN now. <laughs> uh, please, Surfshark... NordVPN, ExpressVPN, hit us up. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so in late 2014 and early twi- 2015, there was a scary reports of a Gamergate psychopath named Jace Connors. They made a series of videos threatening Wu. One of them featured knives, another and a guy with a skull mask on, and the most bizarre one was him ranting into a camera after he crashed his car, supposedly <laughs> on the way to Wu's house. <laughs> Um, it was later revealed to be a satirical prank. Jace Connors was actually a sketch comedian, Jan Rankowski. <laughs> See, as, as soon as you said the final one was a rant after crashing his car, like that, like that, that's like Monkey Jones tear satire. Right, but, you know, this Wu took it seriously. The, the lady we talked about earlier who's Kinda still ongoing. She, um, the, the Skull Mask guy was one of his sidekicks. And it was just to troll and mock Gamergate. But the Skull Mask is still described as an instance of horrific Gamergate harassment in the Boston Magazine article. In Wu's New York Times op-ed, she asserted that there were multiple videos with guys wearing skull masks and knives and stuff. And uh, the mini actually isn't true. It's just the one video. Uh, And according on her Twitter feed from back then... It looks like it was just... It, she didn't really mention skull masks like that. So it, it, she might have... Like I said, she was exaggerating. Right. But this Jace Connors guy was actually a satirical comedian. Now, what he did is not right. To promote harassment and stuff, not good. But this harassment... Well, if it, if it, I mean, if, I mean it's, if it's satire, he's doing the opposite of promoting it. Right. He's making a mockery of it. Being like, look at how foolish you look for threatening violence. You look like me being this stupid. Right. Right. Okay, yeah. So now, you're kind of right. Now, like, one might say that satire requires a clarity of purpose, uh, lest it be mistaken for sincerity, but 
I prefer to give people the benefit of the doubt and say that if you can't understand it's satire, that's on you. Right. Um... Uh, but yeah, so basically, um, some of the harassment probably was just kind of troll, but these people, they, they, they thrive off of it. I feel like some of these feminists, they like use it and like weaponize it and, you know. Well, it's the whole basic thing that I'm not going to say like women specifically, it's a lot of people, um, but a, a lot of people just want attention They want any kind of attention that they can get. And what's the perfect vehicle for sympathy, which is a form of attention? People are trying to kill me. Right. Oh, no. I got, like, t- I totally got 4,000 death threats. It was, like, one guy. Yeah. And uh, there was, uh, like, some meetups for Gamer Gators that they had uh, actually ha- also got harassed and with, like, bomb threats and stuff. So the, the harassment works both ways. For show, for show. <clears throat> they like people felt like they were justified in talking shit to game gamer gators because they thought they were bad. Um, in November 2014, Jordy Tate, a Bay Area writer for the gaming website Star City Games, posted a series of tweets literally calling for a holocaust of gamer gators. When criticizing for trivializing the Holocaust, he responded by saying that the Holocaust was not as bad as what women have suffered. Oh, that's a spicy take. (laughs) When I read that earlier, I was like, holy shit. Are you kidding me? I'm struggling to even devil's advocate that right now. You can't. You literally can't. How can you compare it? Like... I mean, not to say that women haven't suffered, but, like, have they been put into internment camps and killed? I think the only way I can devil's advocate Stripped of all of their belongings and taken? See, the only way I can devil's advocate this is include the entire scope of human history with the addendum that women were part of the Holocaust, too. They just weren't one of the specific... Like, women died in the Holocaust, but it wasn't... Of course they did. They were Jewish. It wasn't specifically against women. So I don't know if that can even be an addendum. So the only way to devil's advocate that is you have to include all of human history. But I have a feeling that he's just talking about this isolated incident of harassment inside Gamergate. I I imagine he's talking a little bit about a larger scope, but not that far back, yes. He's not talking about the Middle Ages and stuff like that. Ultimately a dumb fucking statement. Yeah. And, like, a lot of YouTubers came out against it and said stuff like, you know, like, um, am I sexist? Like, for liking games? Like, am I, like, you know, all this kind of stuff. Um, Gamer Gators did try to actually patrol their own community and try not to let that harassment fly. There was a, uh, what is it? What does it say? Hashtag Gamergate Harassment Patrol. bunch of white knights um and of course that like you said the common enemy like the feminists and social justice warriors is going to attract uh is going to attract that alt-right bigots and stuff like that and uh and the people that were like edgy teens who came from pole 
you wanna, you want to be a little more charitable to us there? I, I I am one of those guys. He said there's a Jewish uh, Gamergator who said uh, that he saw very little anti-Semitism in Gamergate-related conversations and made many Jewish friends through the movement. <coughs> so doesn't seem like that anti-Semitic any Semitic sentiment was there in the majority. Yeah, out of all the criticisms that have arisen in this, I guess, decade and a half plus of politicizing every aspect of American and world culture, uh, one of the ones that I always take with a grain of salt are accusations of anti-Semitism. Because of all people, there was a huge moment where Bernie Sanders was called an anti-Semite. I'm like, do you guys know what this is? <laughs> That's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we talked about Milo Yiannopoulos and them all, like, co-opting the movement. There wasn't really that pipeline. That pipeline never really materialized. But uh, there were some liberal gamer- gamergators that got on the pro-Trump train. And uh, they fell for the Breitbart lure. Or they saw Trump Trump as the answer to political correctness because he didn't like the mainstream media and because of the way they like covered Gamergate and stuff like that was obviously biased. And it was like, I mean, it was around this time too uh, that, because you know the American political parties, they've always flip-flopped on who gets what issue. For the longest time, it was the Democratic Party that was the party of free speech. Um, but as a consequence of this SJW movement, the left in which the Democrats are associated with, uh, they became more and more about PC and you can't say this and you can't say that. Um, so for a classical liberal to see that the Republicans were becoming the party of free speech and you know the values yeah. that they used to stand for, it makes sense that there would be some drift over, um, as well as there was a solid contingent of the liberals uh, who looked at Hillary Clinton and a lot like a lot of Republicans today are never Trumpers. Um, Hillary Clinton lost the Democrats to a bunch of people who are like never Hillary. Right. So not surprising to hear that there was some liberals switch that switched over. Yeah. Kind of like how some people switched over to Obama too in like 20, 2008. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so... Even there were even recent attacks on cyberpunk as transphobic because of an in-game poster featuring a supposedly fetishistic image of a possibly transgender model, as well as a later deleted "Did you just assume their gender?" joke on the Twitter account. Yeah, um, that was that was that one. I was there for that, and um, yeah, the initial call out was not warranted. But I understand CD Projekt Red trying to. Save any goodwill they could before releasing an unfinished game. Um, Gamergate made the progressive culture guardians more zealous and intolerant of dissent, which is the SJW type people, but it also encouraged resistance to ideological diktat. That's a big word. And ultimately promoted debate. Uh, if you know who Shu on Head is, that's a YouTuber. She said that um, the internet was overrun by preachy, authoritarian feminist types, and they absolutely needed to be called out, and still do. Um, so, yeah. For journalists, 
So I'm going to re read part of this last paragraph here. For journalists, Gamergate should be a cautionary tale about lumping all critics of the left together with extremists, taking the progressive good guys at their word, and treating an important story as having no valid other side. Such an approach can alienate moderates and promote a dangerous anti-media cynicism about fake news. Yet five years later, the media are still sticking to a simplistic and polarizing narrative that stokes the culture wars until it changes its hashtag Gamergate forever. Gamergate forever, baby. <laughs> 2023, Gamergate. Can you, can you click on that for me? Nice. Okay, yeah. We talked about this for way too long. Uh, but that's really all I wanted to say. That's about it. Yeah. Well, you, That was a lot. We got there. Yeah, we got, like, over there. <clears throat> we went there, and then we kept going. I would say... Is there the, anything you wanted to say? Yeah, sorry. Yeah, so instead of any actual parting shots, I'm just going to, like, close up with final thoughts about the whole topic. <coughs> sure. And I'll say, there are, uh, and to speak to the topic of Gamergate forever, there is still contingents battling it out far left, far right on the internet. But I think at this point, ten years later... Um, most people are reaching a level of exhaustion. Most of the online communities that I find myself a part of um, have calmed down. You don't really see... I would say things have transformed. Like, the culture that it was then is not now. Right. Um, <clears throat> there are still spaces to be, like, traditionally edgy. Um, a lot of the... I've been able to find shows, because that caters to my sense of humor. I've been able to find shows and spaces to participate in. Um, but the knock-on effect to the culture writ large, <clears throat> ultimately things in the mainstream have become just very corporate, very sanitized, very inoffensive, nothing to, nothing to write home about either way. I would say that, that feminism, that, that SJW stuff, I don't see it that much anymore. Um, I think it's kind of been co-opted into like mainstream, so now it's like, it's just part of the mainstream now like you have to kind of agree with it but like even then it's still not as extreme like, the, like it's not like that extreme stuff it's right. kind of calmed down but i think gamergate shows that because when you think of cancel culture and you think of people retaliating reacting outraging you think of that far left extremist stuff that we were that, that i was just talking about but it shows that that another side can exist that can have that same outrage and I think people should use their voices to talk about stuff that's that they don't like, even if it's not politically correct. Yeah. As um, one of the great idols of the podcast world uh, constantly says, uh, the only antidote to bad speech is better speech. The only antidote to bad ideas are better ideas. And you only get the better ideas if everyone's allowed to have it out in the open marketplace of free discussion. Fucking facts, baby. Spitting. Yo, this is said Nacho with the closing out. I don't know. <laughs> Alright. But yeah, sorry to run long, y'all. But uh, make sure you drink enough water, get enough sleep, and most importantly, kiss me with your ass. Baby. <clears throat> it really might be pizza good.
already said so. Yeah, but uh, now I changed my mind.